Is it bad that I like hide my treats and candy and snacks and stuff from my kid? Uh, is it bad to be a mom? <laughs> <laughs> That's a basic function of motherhood. God damn! Brandon brought home like a fucking family-sized Twix. <laughs> and I was like, dear God, I love you so fucking much. And he's like, oh, he wants some. And I was like, why did you show it to him? Yeah, that's the worst idea you ever had. Yeah. And so then he was just like, heck yeah. And he hears the crinkle and stuff. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. Oh, man. I just called myself a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. then I had to open the Twix and give him a bite. And then he like shoves it in his mouth. And he's like, more. And he wants to hold it. And I'm like, it's a fucking stick of chocolate. Like it's you're, gonna get everywhere you're not gonna hold it yeah i have like succumbed to hiding in the kitchen while i eat my snacks so yeah. like dinner will still be going on and i like hide <laughs> behind the like the fruit bowl and i just munch on a cookie and then sometimes my son will like catch me in his periphery and he'll be like what are you eating? And he has like this big smile on his face. Like he knows it's a fucking cookie and yeah. he's about to get a bite. And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> Damn it. Because <laughs> he knows I can't say no to him when he like smiles and says, please, please can I have a bite of your cookie? <laughs> oh, no, they get you every time. I know. Son of a bitch got too. half my cookie yesterday. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. See, look, I just called myself a bitch. Yeah, you did. Oh, man. Okay. So since you just recently thought up your goddamn, give it to me, Aaron. I want to hear your goddamn. Oh, well, mine is, as most of you know. She's pregnant. I'm fucking pregnant. <laughs> I'm heavily pregnant now. Ugh, so, gross. you know, sitting in a car for two hours is pretty awful. Yeah. Walking is awful. Everything Anything is sucks. awful. Yeah. yeah. Everything Jinx. sucks. Jesus my life Christ. Sucks. We just shared the exact same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But that's not actually my goddamn. My goddamn <laughs> is that I... Had to go to a trade show on Friday uh-huh. in Long Beach, which consists of fucking driving for, it's an hour and 45 minutes away from my work. Ugh. So where we start. Yeah. So I had to sit in a goddamn car for fucking almost two hours. Uh-huh. And then during the trade show, it's walking around for like, I don't know, fucking four hours. Lord, a trade yeah. show is a pregnant woman's nightmare. It literally is. And then we were actually buying stuff this time. So Ugh. it was like, okay. Let me just, I don't know, talk to you for 45 minutes and get all of your information and see if we have it in stock. Uh, oh, it's in my van. Like, I'm going to go get it. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to kill myself. I feel like that, like a trade show is the works equivalent to going to Home Depot with your dad as a child. Absolutely. <laughs> You're just like, why the fuck are we in plumbing forever, dad? Yeah. Can we go? <laughs> I like looking at the stuff that they have and everything, but there's like a point where I'm like, all right, I'm done. Let's like let's fucking power through this shit because we're not gonna buy a silk screener. Like yeah, we don't need to be here. Exactly. So like let's just move on. God, it is like going to Home Depot with your dad. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty fucking awful. Oh, you but. poor soul. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's okay. I survived. But listen, how much longer do you have in pregnancy? I'm just gonna ask you every week. I don't know. I'm like 25 weeks right now. Mm, math. That's so, like 15 weeks left. Yeah. If you carry to term. All the weeks left. <laughs> oh, you're crushing it though. And can I just say that from last week to this week, you look exceptionally pregnant right now. That's because I'm wearing like a spandex bodysuit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like close to your body. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. Usually you're like in a baggier shirt. Yeah. And this one I was like, this shirt fits and these pants are leggings. <laughs> <laughs> Have you 
you noticed I fully embraced my new mom bod? I did not notice it only because it looks normal to me. Did I just say, first of all, thank you. I'm going to cry. <laughs> but second of all, did I just say embraced it? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. That's what happens to your brain cells after you have a kid, too. Oh, I did. That was like a out-of-body experience (laughs) (laughs) you're like oh no she dumb oh man no but i went shopping and i bought like all my old size shit and you know how like they have tank tops like a million for a dollar yeah and so i was like i need a million tank tops because it's a thousand degrees yeah and that's what i want so i got a million for a dollar and i got smalls and extra smalls and i'm like what the fuck was i thinking as i like (laughs) squeeze into the sausage body oh no or whatever it's called you know sausage Sausage casing. casing yeah yeah Ugh. But I'm just going to own it. Fuck it. I like it. Okay, here's my goddamn. Are you ready, Erin? I'm so ready. Because I'm going to give it to you. Give it to me. Hard and fast. X going to give it to you. <laughs> God, I think I'm funny. Okay. Oh, uh, my it's, goddamn. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. You're just as funny as me. I know. It's okay. Other people think we're funny. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. Okay, so my goddamn, I don't know if you've noticed, is I lost my fucking glasses. I noticed you weren't wearing them. I just figured you didn't want to look at me today. Oh, no. Like my seeing eye glasses, they're gone. I don't know where they went. No. They're gone. They're in this house somewhere, and they ain't on my face in this house. I'll tell you that much right now. (laughs) On Saturday, I think it was, we went over to Lee's mom's house, and I had them on my face. Yep. And my son started wrestling me, and so I took them off. And then I don't remember putting them back on my face, but I definitely know they were on my face for the drive home because it was dark. And you know how you like remember most like random little things like there was literally a guy walking up my sidewalk when I was getting out of the car and I was like fucking memorizing what his face looked like and what clothes he was wearing because he did not look like he belonged. Yep. And I was like, this guy's going to murder me because Lee was like a little bit behind me and we drove in separate cars. Yeah. So I was like, if I die... Or I don't know how I'm going to tell somebody what he looks like. But for whatever reason, I was just like profiling the motherfucker. Yeah. I would not have been able to do that without my glasses. True. So they were on my face. Yeah. And you were driving at night, which if you do that. Exactly. Anytime you're like. Exactly. I need my fucking glasses. Yeah. And I didn't notice that I was blind. So they were on my face when I left his mom's house. And then I got home and they're fucking gone. I have no (laughs) idea where they're at. I've checked everywhere. So I'm convinced that. Either my child stole them or the world is just like, fuck you too. Oh, God. Anyways, that's my goddamn. I might never be able to see again. Oh, no. At least until the next time that you get glasses. Yeah, which I'm due now, but fuck. Yeah, it's expensive. So much work. Well, goddamn. Yeah, isn't that a bitch? Yeah, it is. I'm sorry that you have to go through that. That's all good. Mm, it happens for now i hope i'll find them all right lady are you ready to hear about some murder i'm ready okay aaron gonna give it to me yeah i am (laughs) (laughs) so mine is about paul john knowles okay have you seen this have you heard about this no all right well his aka (laughs) his street name (laughs) yeah is the casanova killer oh fucking rico suave over here yeah well rico suave action so, no surprise with a street name like that. Uh-huh. I'm about to tell you about a serial killer. Oh, because he was attractive he, and charming. He was quite charming. Uh-huh. He was born April 17th in 1946 in Orlando, Florida. Oh, Florida man. Fucking right, Florida man. Florida <laughs> man strikes. So, Again. Yeah. Shout out to one of our listeners who is in America for it right now. <laughs> Who's yeah. in? At Disney fucking oh, world. Oh, B. Yeah. So <laughs> what up, B? Watch out for Florida man. Yeah, pl- dear God, please. 
Okay, so this guy, Paul, mm-hmm. he got into some petty crimes as a kid. Okay. And so his dad was like, fucking deuces. And he <laughs> sent him to live in foster homes. Oh, because of his petty crime? I guess. That's sad. Yeah, I didn't know you could just like give up your kid to foster homes. I thought it was like you can go to boarding school, but... Yeah, that's Foster a good point. Also, like, how about a hug, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? That uh. might have worked, too. But <laughs> <laughs> All it takes is one hug, guys. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't get the chance to uh, fucking test that theory because he went into foster homes instead. <laughs> so Paul was arrested for the first time when he was 19 years old. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then, from then on, his average was about six months a year that he would be in jail. Uh-huh. Usually for burglary or theft. Okay. Car the theft. The fact that he has an average is probably not so good. Fucking right? What is uh-huh. this, like, your batting average in jail? My average about six months to a year in jail. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, literally half the time. You're now spending <laughs> half the time in jail. Oh, God. Yeah. So he was in jail in Rayford, and he started talking to a lady named Angela Kovic. Okay. And she was from California. Ooh. So they hit it off and were having a little fucking inside jail romance thing going on. Ooh. she was out of jail. Yeah, got it. She was like, I'll wait for you. Exactly. Do you think they had conjugal visits? I don't know. <laughs> but she was in California, so I think that they were far away from oh, okay. each other. How the fuck did they find each other? Um, You can write to inmates. Yeah, but is that how they found each other? Probably. Oh, weird. So then they thought it would be a good idea to get married. His poetry just moves me. (laughs) Right? He understands me. He said he's innocent. (laughs) I believe him. Fucking they all do. Oh, God. So she put up money to pay for his lawyers and bail. And they got him out. Lord, she's committed. Yeah. So then they were like, cool, we're going to go get married, right? Yeah, obviously. And then in May 1974, he was released Mm -hmm. because she had done all that shit for him yeah and he went straight to san francisco to get hitched Uh uh-huh but she had changed her mind after she went to a psychic and they foresaw (laughs) quote the entry of a new dangerous man in her life uh yeah this guy that you just got out of fucking jail fucking right oh lord like i'm not a psychic but if you were like i met this guy in prison i'm about to get hitched do you think it's a good idea if i was a psychic i'd be like i see the entrance of a new dangerous (laughs) man in your life Mm, i'm gonna go hard no on this one (laughs) yeah that should be a fucking pass lady yeah but but she was like we're in love well she actually listened to the psychic oh okay that's right you said she had second thoughts yeah so she dumped him and then, Ooh. according to Paul, the night that she left him, he went out and murdered three people. <gasps> That's not a good... Reaction? Yeah. <laughs> That's not a healthy reaction. No, not at First all. First of all, go get the Ben and Jerry's out of the freezer. Yeah. And take a second. <laughs> and some sex in the city like a normal person. <laughs> yeah, you weirdo. But that murder spree that he went on there hadn't been verified. Okay. So this is after, obviously. Allegedly. Yeah. Obviously, we, this guy gets caught and we know about him and he had like an interview and whatever. So okay, he told us this, but. Got it. Yeah. I would love to imagine like somebody in prison listening to our podcast who's like convicted of this shit and they're just going, allegedly, yeah. like <laughs> offended. Like, hold up. Allegedly, that happened. Allegedly. <laughs> right. Okay. Also, I hope they never listen because we talk a lot of shit about the murderers. <laughs> That's fair. But hopefully they'll never get out. So there's that. Yeah. This guy won't. And I'll tell you why. Oh, a little 
little cliffhanger. Yeah, a little cliffhanger right there. All right, let's hear it. So then Paul went back home to Jacksonville, Florida. Uh huh. And while he was there, he got into a bar fight. Naturally. And he stabbed a bartender. Jesus. And he was sent to jail. Okay. <laughs> so how long was he out for? Like a month? Two months? Sounds like it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like sounds like pretty immediate that he got out and Quick then went turnaround. to go. Yeah, went to go get fucking married and then she was like nah jk dog and he was like fuck what a waste of money oh my god for her yeah 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 absolutely so he's in jail now right for stabbing this bartender yes but don't worry (laughs) he gonna get out he picked the lock (gasps) you can do that i didn't know (laughs) maybe he snuck in some bobby pins (laughs) this isn't fallout like what the fuck right oh shit so he got out on july 26 1974 okay and that night he broke into a home belonging to alice curtis okay poor alice yeah this isn't going good Allie. no alice was 65 oh he bound and gagged her (gasps) and then searched her house for money and valuables and shit yeah and he stole her car okay she choked to death on the gag. <gasps> Stop it. Yeah. How? Um, it was so tight? I don't know. Oh my God, that's terrible. I mean, she was 65. I'm not saying that's like real old or anything, but you might not be in the best like fucking breathing shape of your oh life. Oh my God, maybe her nose was stuffy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I'm giggling. That's awful. <laughs> oh shit, that's awful. Yeah. So, since she was dead, he ended up hanging around the house for a few days. (gasps) Oh, so he knew she died. Yeah. It wasn't like he drove away in her car and was like, deuces, lady. Hope somebody will come along and find you and untie you. No. (gasps) I guess he, like, stole the car and then had gone back for whatever reason and was like, oh, cool. She did. What if he stole the car, drove away, and was like, oh, fuck, I forgot to untie her. (laughs) Right? And came back. Oh, she did. Let me live here for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, oh god exactly so okay. then he's fucking in her house for a couple of days oh my god with her body yeah <gasps> stop it so then eventually the police realized that alice was missing or dead yeah and they connected him to the crime i don't know how okay but they did connect him to the crime probably because in the area some guy had just fucking picked a lock out of jail <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then this lady turns up dead yeah and maybe he like Took a bite of sandwich and left it on the counter and they found his teeth marks. <laughs> yeah. Or fingerprints because yeah. it was 1974. So yeah. it's possible. Yes. They put his picture on TV and started like a whole manhunt, right? Got it. As if there wasn't already one for the guy who yeah. stabbed a bartender. <laughs> right. Who got out of jail. But I digress. <laughs> okay. So obviously he has to get rid of Alice's car, right? Uh-huh. Gotta ditch the evidence. Yeah. And so he picks a nice, quiet residential street... And he plans to abandon her car. Okay. But then he recognizes some family friend's kids. Oh. Well, that's bad luck. Is real bad luck. Okay. He sees Lillian Anderson, who's 11 years old. Oh, and, no. And her seven-year-old sister, Milette. Okay. I don't like where the story's going. You shouldn't. Okay. He was afraid that they would be able to identify him. Mm-hmm. And so he did what he thought was logical. He kidnapped the girls. Oh, God. And he strangled them. (gasps) And then he threw their bodies into a swamp out of town. Oh, my God. This guy's an asshole. Yeah. He threw them in a swamp? Yeah. Ugh. So now he's super on the run, right? Yeah, because you just made your scenario way worse. Yeah, like as if fucking picking a lock and then... Escaping wasn't bad enough. I mean, technically almost accidentally killing a lady. Yeah. 
you could argue to a jury. Yeah. Right? But now you can't. Yeah. I didn't mean to kill her, but it happened. Uh But now you just murdered two little girls. Like, fucking, you're going to hang. Yeah. So he goes to Atlantic Beach, Florida on August 2nd, 1974. And the day after he killed these two little girls, he breaks into the home of Marjorie Howe. Mm-hmm. And he strangles her with a nylon stocking Ugh. and steals her TV. What? Yeah. I That's... don't know where he's going to put it. Oh, maybe he's going to pawn it. While he's on the run. Maybe he's going <laughs> to pawn it. Yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense. Oh, God. Yeah. It should be noted that I saw another article that said he may have been invited into her home, but I'm not positive. But regardless, he killed her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's still fucked up. Yes. Whether or not he was allowed to be in that house or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool, though, because I was invited in. <laughs> yeah, he's not a goddamn vampire. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> so then while he's gallivanting around, he comes across a 13-year-old girl who had run away from her home to go back and live with her mother. Uh-huh. And she was hitchhiking. Oh. Uh, yeah. Bad news. God. And he raped and strangled her. <sighs> not a good look, guy. No. And then on August 23rd, 1974, he goes to Masella, Georgia. Anyone from Georgia, I have no idea if I'm saying that right. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he breaks into the house of Kathy Sue Pierce, who was home alone with her three-year-old son. Oh, no, 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 no. Yep. Nope. Yep. This is going to be one of those stories that fucks me up for a couple days. Mm, probably. Okay. He strangles Kathy with a telephone cord. Oh, God. Well, we don't have those anymore. While her kid watched. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. The article that I read was like, he left her son technically unharmed. Or he left her son unharmed. Well, he's like, going to be fucked up forever. Yeah, yeah. Like, technically unharmed. I have memories of being three. I do, too. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way that this kid either doesn't remember it or oh. isn't somehow fucked up for Oh, my it. God, that's so sad. Yeah. On September 3rd, he was in a bar in Lima, Ohio called Scott's Inn. Oh, this guy's jumping around state to state now. He's literally just fucking going for it. Okay. And he met a guy named William Bates. And William was 32 years old. He was an account executive for an Ohio oh. power company. Damn, William. The bartender who apparently knew William said that he and Paul had been hanging out at the bar and drinking together and then left together. Okay. And then Paul ended up strangling William and dumping his body in the woods. He stole William's credit cards, money, and his car. So that was the purpose of killing him? Yeah. Okay, it was for money. So now his plan is to go to Sacramento, California. Oh, Lord, he going all the way across the country. Yeah. It's fucking roughly 33 hours driving. Jeez. Yeah. So he crosses through Nevada, where he stops just long enough to murder two campers. Oh my gosh. Is he doing this all with strangling them? Yes. He's got a fucking method, and it works. Apparently. A lot of the women are murdered or strangled with nylons, which thank God we don't wear anymore. Yeah, glad those phased out. Yeah. Not only are they hot, but they are strangling devices. (laughs) True. However, I do wish that I could look more tan. Yeah. So flawless. I know. How are her legs like that? But her chest is so rough. (laughs) (laughs) She got that old leather neck. Do they make nylons for chests? (laughs) It goes like around your neck and pulls everything nice and tight. Yeah. You make it like a facelift kind of. Ooh, I like it. Pulls it all to behind your ears where you clip it. Yeah. Put the hair down. Yeah, that's a great idea. (laughs) Patent pending. Wouldn't be fucking odd at all. (laughs) You put a necklace over it. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, God. (laughs) 
Okay, so he killed these two campers on September 18th, right? Yeah. Their names were Emmett and Lois Johnson. Okay. So I mentioned a little bit earlier that he was going to Sacramento, right? Yeah. And he just killed some people in Nevada. Yeah. But I don't know if his plan changed or what, because he backtracked to Texas. Oh. And three days later, on September 21st, he was driving through Sequin, Texas. So he sees a lady stranded on the side of the road with her car. Uh Uh-huh. And so he stops under the guise of helping her like Uh a gentleman. Oh. Mm -hmm. This charming young man. Mm Mm-hmm. Strapping young gentleman. Exactly. Yeah. And then in a very ungentlemanly manner. Yes. (laughs) Instead of helping her. Yeah. He raped and strangled her. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't like, I mean, listen, strangling is bad. But every time you mention that he rapes, I'm like, oh, Lord, new level. Yeah. It just like, it's cringe. It's such a violation. Yeah. Like, I get that you're killing me, but like, I don't know. Yeah, like, Leave I know. me some dignity. I know. It's so sad. And we say it so much and it's so like, almost like flippant. You know, like how we're like, oh, yeah. and then he raped and whatever, but my like, God. Like, of course he did, but yeah. like, that's fucking awful. I know. And I think a lot of the cases that we've done and we've covered and read that go into detail on the rapes, mm. that's where my head goes now and it fucks me up. Mm-mm. No, I don't like... I mean, I don't like reading any of it, but... I don't like rape. <laughs> I'm really against it. Yeah. If we're being honest. What is your stance on rape, Erin? <laughs> I'm against it. <laughs> this club is against rape. <laughs> okay. So then he dumps her body by the road after pulling it through a barbed wire fence. What does that mean? I assume that it means there was a barbed wire fence, like, near the road. And he's like, I want this to be on the other side of it. And so then he pushes her body through it or pulls her body through it. But like dragging a at least 100 pound person over or through a fence, a barbed wire fence, like you're going to get fucked up. I hate it. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. But like couldn't, I'm just thinking of the logistics. I feel like you could drag under a barbed wire fence, but it might be close to the ground too. I think sometimes they are. Like it depends where you tie the barbs, the barbed wires. Oh God, that's awful. So she got shredded up. Yeah. Ugh. So then on September 23rd, he met a lady named Ann Dawson in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh-huh. And at this point, I think the plan to go to Sacramento is completely out the window. Yeah, because, he seems to be going the other way. Yeah, he is the other way now. Yeah. I even had to like double check because I'm American and awful at geography. Uh-huh. And so I was like, where the fuck are these states? And I'm like, no, 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 he's not going to Sacramento. He's going the wrong way. Yeah. Sir? I'm good at the bottom part of the United States just because I've driven through it so much. Yeah, <laughs> right? I never did. So So now I don't know if he was holding Anne hostage or if she willingly went with him. But I guess that he was an attractive, charming man. Yeah. So it's pretty plausible that she just went with him. Okay. And they traveled around together for six days while she footed the bill on everything. Oh, damn. Yeah. So she had no idea that he was a murdering type. Oh, no. For six whole days. Yeah. Or maybe she got the idea and he was holding her hostage. Maybe. I don't really know. Oh, maybe. And like using her credit cards and stuff. Yeah. But. Because otherwise he just found himself a sugar mama. Right. Okay. So we don't know what eventually set him off. But on the 29th, he killed her. And he said that he disposed of her body in the Mississippi River. Okay. But she was never found. Oh, that's so sad. Fucking horrible. Her poor family. I know. I always think of that. I know. It's fucked up. So then for about a month while he's still on the run, he was traveling through Oklahoma, Missouri, Iowa, and Minnesota. Minnesota? Mm Mm-hmm. Allegedly, he wasn't killing anyone. 
Really? Mm-hmm. Took a little break. Took a little break. Okay. It was getting a little overwhelming. Yeah. A lot of work. But then on October 19th, he missed the high of murdering, I guess. <laughs> got the itch again. Yeah. He got the itch and he went to Woodford, Virginia and he broke into the home of Doris Hovey. Okay. Can we just uh-huh. like his driving patterns are so erratic. Right? He's just zipping all over the place. Now he's in Virginia? Yeah. And he came from Minnesota? Well, he was like, yeah, traveling around up north. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so now we're in Virginia, and he did what? I'm sorry. He breaks into the home of Doris Hovey. Okay. She was 53 years old. Ugh. Yeah. So this goes... How old is he at this point? We could do some quick... I know it was like the 70s, right? Yeah, it was 74. And and he was born in 46. In 46. That's weird that I remember that. Yeah, it is weird. (laughs) So that's... So So he's like around his 30s now. Yeah, yeah. According to our fast math. According to our hard and loose math. Yeah, okay. But he changes his MO up a little bit. Okay. He shoots her with her husband's rifle. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then he wipes it down so there's no fingerprints. And then he left. Why? Did he steal anything? Nope. He didn't steal anything. He didn't rape her. There was no motive or suspect at all. Just shot her. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? The police were fucking stumped on this one. Okay. I believe that they were actually stumped on it until he eventually admitted to it after being caught. It sounds like a lot of these are he admitted to it later. Because, like, that one lady, Anne, I think it was, her body wasn't found in the river. Yeah. So. Mm hmm. So he had to tell them, like, hey, this is what happened to her. FYI. So then he's still driving around in William's car, the guy from the bar, remember? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's risky. Fucking, this whole time? Yeah. Oh, God. I don't know if bolos were I was a just going to say they didn't put a fucking bolo out for that shit. <laughs> right? I'm sure that they did. Maybe they weren't interstate yet. <laughs> Maybe. But he comes across two hitchhikers and he picks them up in Key West, Florida. He's back in Florida. Yeah. He made a full fucking loop. Yep. He planned to kill them, per usual. Yeah. But he was actually stopped by a cop for a traffic violation. Oh, with them in the car? Yeah. Oh, damn. And so the cop let him go with a warning. Okay. So then he lets the hitchhikers go in Miami. So he gave them a legit ride. Yeah. Miami was their destination and everything. He was just like, oh, fuck. Like, the cop spooked him. And so he didn't kill him. Okay. He's like, "Uh, I was fucking seen with them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So then he was like, I should probably call my attorney for advice, right? Oh, because I've done a lot of things (laughs) and I need a little legal advice. What do I do about getting a warning ticket? (laughs) I may have allegedly just murdered a fucking bunch of people. (laughs) In your experience. Yeah. (laughs) Also, he's still broken out of jail at this point. Like, what? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so the attorney was like, fucking turn yourself in. Oh, shit. So he said everything that was going on I to his attorney. I don't know what exactly he said to the attorney, but the attorney was like, no, no, no. You're you, done. You've done some shit. The best thing you can do is turn yourself in. And he was like, Mm-mm, not going to do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Your advice sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not what I wanted to hear. Yeah. I pay you to say what I want to hear. Exactly. <laughs> With this stolen money, I pay you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, do you take fucking Barbara's credit card? <laughs> How about Willie? <laughs> yeah. So instead, he wrote a confession and he met with oh. his attorney long enough to deliver the confession. But before the police knew that he was in town, he took off. Wow. He was like fucking ushering it. These are my confessions. Oh, yeah, he Just did. Just when I thought I said all I could say. <laughs> He's on part two of his confessions. (laughs) This motherfucker needs like 37 parts. Yeah. 
So then on November 6th, he was in Macon, Georgia. Uh-huh. And he met someone named Carswell Carr. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Fucking great name. Is this a victim? <laughs> Yes. I will not make fun of that name, even though that was fucking handed to me on a platter. <laughs> it really was. But apparently he was charming enough to warrant an invite back to their home to stay the night. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And that night when they were drinking and hanging out, Paul stabbed Carswell to death. Jesus. So now he's changing it up again. Yeah. He's stabbing people. Yeah. And then he went to Carswell's 15-year-old daughter. Oh. And he strangled her. Okay. He attempted to rape her corpse. <sighs> yeah. But failed. Okay. That's a, a quote unquote failed. Alrighty. Maybe he couldn't get it up. Yeah. I don't know if that means that he didn't finish or he couldn't get it up or what. But according to this article, he failed. Alrighty. Which I suppose we should point out, I got most of my information from Murderpedia. <laughs> <laughs> hey, me too. <laughs> Just to cite some sources because there's some shit going around right now. <laughs> With a big podcast. Yeah. Ugh. And I don't want to be accused of plagiarizing. Yeah, we don't fucking own any of this shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm putting my spin on it, but these yeah. are all facts that you will find online. Yes. So, he was also a suspect in the murder of two hitchhikers, Edward Hilliard and Debbie Griffin. This one was never confirmed, and Debbie's body was never found. Aww. But Edward's body was found in the woods nearby. I can't imagine they would be that far apart. I wouldn't think so either. Like, yeah. she's got to be close. Yeah, that's sad. But also, maybe she was, like, thrown in a river or something. Oh, so maybe, then, yeah. Yeah, you go farther. So then on November 8th, he was in Atlanta and apparently bar hopping. Okay. When he met a lady named Sandy Fox. Okay, now wait. Just okay. to like put my brain back in what the fuck's going on here. He had already given his lawyer his confession? Yeah. And he's like on the run now. Yeah. Again. Again. After he confessed. Still. Yeah. He's going to have to fucking revise his confession. <laughs> yeah. You're adding to it, dude. All right. Okay. Maybe he's keeping a journal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's sad. Okay, so Sandy. Okay, so then he meets Sandy Fox. And they stayed the night together and tried to bone, uh -huh. but he couldn't finish again. Okay, so he's got a problem now. Yeah. He probably has to, like, have violence in order to get off. Well, that's what one of the articles was saying, was that this kind of shows that he needs, like, consensual sex doesn't do it for him anymore. Yeah. Or, I don't know if it ever did. Can't really say anymore. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah consensual sex apparently isn't his thing. Ugh. That was from a psychiatrist later who was like trying to read into the shit, right? Got it. So him and Sandy hung out for the next two days and they continually tried to bone, but there was no success there. And mm -hmm. so Sandy later described him as a cross between Robert Redford and Ryan O'Neill. Ooh, some older actors. Yeah, but that means she lived. I'm I know. I was just going to say, <laughs> just going to say, oh, get it, Sandy. Yeah. I don't know why she lived, but apparently, like, if you go along with it or whatever, then he was like, fuck, didn't work, bye. Oh, good for Sandy. Yeah. So they stopped hanging out on November 10th, and then Paul tried to hook up with one of Sandy's friends, Susan McKenzie. Uh-huh. But... He was homie hopping. He was homie hopping. <laughs> but then he tried to rape her at gunpoint. Oh. And she was able to get away. Good. Yeah. She found a cop and was like, yo, what the fuck? Check this dude out. Like, fucking, he's doing some shit right now. Yeah. And the police caught up to him and pull Ooh. him over. Uh-huh. And then Paul pulled out a sawed-off shotgun. Uh, what? Yeah. And was able to escape. What? Yeah. No way. 
Girl, it gets fucking worse. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. So now he's in West Palm Beach, Florida. This dude is like fucking slippery as shit. He's so charming. (laughs) (laughs) He charmed me so much with his shotgun. Yeah, with his sawed off shotgun. Jesus. So West Palm Beach, Florida. He breaks into the home of Beverly Maybe. Uh Uh-huh. And he takes her sister hostage. Oh, I don't know if Beverly wasn't home at the time and it just happened to be her home that it was. But he he takes her sister hostage and he steals Beverly's car. Okay. He drops his hostage off in Fort Pierce, Florida the next night. Okay. FYI, Fort Pierce is like an hour away. So I don't know what they did all that time from like the previous day until the next night. Weird. But... Some articles were like, she wasn't harmed or raped or anything. So I don't know if they were just fucking... Hanging out? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That kind of makes it sound like she's in on it. I'm sure she was like, can I fucking get out here? Yeah, I'm done. (laughs) Yeah. Don't want to hang out with you anymore. Sir, I have to pee. (laughs) (laughs) Um, excuse me? You have severely displaced me? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is really inconvenient. (laughs) How am I going to get all the way home? Oh, man. So then the next morning, the stolen car was recognized by a cop named Charles Campbell. Okay. And the cop pulls him over. Should have stayed in William's car, motherfucker. Right. But apparently, Paul was able to get to his gun first and ended up taking the cop hostage. Stop. Yeah. (laughs) He stole the police car. and Holy shit. Yeah. So it's fucking GTA here. Yeah, it is GTA. (laughs) He's got five stars. He has... (laughs) So many stars, yeah. Dear Lord. Yeah, he has the helicopters after him Yeah, right now. you better hide in that parking garage and stake some shit out. Fucking right. They gonna get you. <laughs> so he's in a cop car now, right? Uh-huh. With a cop, by the way. Yeah. Holding him at gunpoint. Yeah. Is the cop not on his radio like, yo. Right? We got a fucking 1380. <laughs> I, I've been taken hostage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently not. Okay. So he uses the cop car. To pull over another car, because he's like, I can't drive around in a cop car, right? Okay, but he's not, like, impersonating a police officer all the way. Just in his car. I mean, technically. He didn't, take the guy's clothes. Yeah, he didn't take the guy's clothes. He just took the guy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It would be weird if he just took his clothes. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so he pulls over another car with a man named James Meyer inside. Uh Uh-huh. So then he takes James hostage too. Oh my gosh. Now you got too many people. And steals his car. Okay. Yeah. So he's got a cop, he's got James, and he's got James's car. Fucking collecting people over here. Yeah. (laughs) Alrighty. Okay, this part gets really sad. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. He has too many hostages. Mm -hmm. He can't take care of all these people. He has too many mouths to feed. I don't Mm. know what his excuse was. Yeah. But he handcuffs them both to a tree in Pulaski County, Georgia. And he shoots them both in the head. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Side note, Pulaski County is six and a half hours away from Fort Pierce. (laughs) Fucking, let me tell you some horrible things. Side note, let me give you a location. (laughs) Well, the location is more for like, that means that at least the cop, because I don't know when he pulled over James or where. Yeah. But at least the cop was driving around with this guy for six and a half hours. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. You have to go through some kind of like negotiation thing as oh, a cop, yeah. right? You're having some conversations. Yeah. So you like, I can only imagine you're sitting there like, I don't know, begging for your life. Oh, or that's so sad. Whatever. Like, yeah. that's fucking awful. Or what do you say to this guy? 
Like, hey, man, what's your plan? Yeah, like, you know what? It's a lot better if you let me out now and just get kidnapping charges as opposed to fucking shooting me. Yeah, but then what or if he's murder like, charges. Um, I already fucking murdered a bunch of people. Yeah. And, like, anything that you say to him is going to end up with, like, oh, you're right. I should probably fucking kill you. Yeah. It yeah. kind of seems like it's in this situation. scenario. Super shitty, especially for a person who, like, has training and stuff in that situation. Oh, where it's God. Like, you're supposed to be safe. Yeah, it's awful. Oh, man. Police officers don't get kidnapped. <laughs> no, they're not supposed to. I yeah. thought that was like in the manual. <laughs> <That's fucked up. gasps> I think I'm not positive, but I think I remember that he was also that he shot the two of them with the cop's gun. Oh, my God. That's even worse. I feel like for a cop, it's the so ultimate. much worse yeah. to get shot with your own gun. Oh, that's sad. OK, so now it's November 16th. OK. And he's on the run in James's car. Uh-huh. And there's a roadblock for him, right? Ooh. OK. Yeah. But he's like, fuck your roadblock. <laughs> I'm going to drive through it. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to fucking ram it. Oh, God. That's a bad idea. Yeah. And he tries to ram it, but he loses control of his car. Yeah. That's what they're built to do. And he, <laughs> when you ram them. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it sometimes it works in GTA. <laughs> if your car can like flip a couple times, land on the other side on its wheels. And it's just steaming for a little bit. And then you go get another car exactly. before it fucking blows up. Well, it's not like this guy isn't fucking familiar with carjacking. Yeah. So he lost control. He crashed into a tree. He gets out and he fucking books it. Yeah. Because that's his last go to. Yeah. Like what else are you going to do? Yeah. He had a gun on him and he was shooting back at the cops while he was running away. Uh-huh. But he was actually shot in the foot by a cop. Aha. But he got away. What? Yeah. Damn. Fucking. This is GTA. This is GTA. <laughs> <laughs> so now they have cops. They have dogs. They have helicopters after him. He is a straight five star. Oh, level. no. Yeah. And then on November 17th, which is the next day, uh-huh. he was stopped by a civilian with a gun. Oh, get it. Yeah. This is a civilian's arrest. Yeah. <laughs> Citizen's arrest. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he was 27-year-old David Clark. Oh, get it, David. Yeah. It's one of the good guys that everybody's talking about. Ooh, what's up, baby? One of the good guys with a gun. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. That we all need. Yeah, exactly. The ones that are like, but what about all the people that are going to stop all these people? This is one. Yeah, this guy, <laughs> David, right here. David, he did it. He was a Vietnam vet. Uh-huh. So I guess. Oh, so he's seen some shit. Yeah, he was like, mm -mm. David ain't putting up with shit from Paul. No. <laughs> you ain't gonna be David's raping like, and murdering in my neck of the woods. Yeah, David's like, this one's for my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So David had a shotgun and he saw Paul several miles from where the search area was. Uh-huh. And he took Paul to a nearby house belonging to Joe and Becky Stonecipher. Oh, he like apprehended him uh-huh oh damn he, he didn't kill him he was like nope come with me because he's not a murderer <laughs> david he's just, like you better give your soul to jesus because your ass is mine <laughs> <laughs> i believe that's exactly what he said <laughs> oh damn so the stone ciphers call the cops and they hold him there until the cops can come pick him up right okay I can only imagine the fucking conversations in that home, too. Oh, sure. Like, how do they hold him hostage, too? Like, put him in Timmy's room. <laughs> right? Like, zip ties? Oh, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I guess if there's a gun on you. Yeah, you're not going to do anything. Yeah. Well, you might if you're fucking Paul. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, they had to disarm him and shit because yeah. he had a gun on him. Yeah. But fucking David was like, nope. Fuck this guy in particular. <laughs> so... He totally would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for these meddling citizens. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Get it. 
On November 18th, which is the next day now, uh huh. when the police were taking him to where he said he had dumped a gun, or another article said to maximum security prison, uh-huh. I heard two accounts of that. I don't know where they were going. This, guy, were this motherfucker better not break loose. Get ready. <laughs> God damn it. So Paul is in the car with a cop driving and an FBI agent in the passenger seat, I guess. Uh-huh. And Paul tries to get the sheriff's gun. There's not one of those, like, fucking screens? I don't know. It was the 70s. Uh, yeah. It's st- like plexiglass? Maybe they were in, like, a like an undercover, an un- unmarked car. No, no, no. If somebody calls you and they're like, <laughs> yo, you know this guy you've been looking for for fucking ever and who has gone who around the entire... slippery fish in you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's fucking murdered everybody around the entire United States and he keeps slippery fish in your ass. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to show up in an unmarked fucking Coupe de Ville. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. But he somehow reaches it. Stop. He grabs the sheriff's gun. What the fuck is wrong And with during people? the struggle of trying to get it out of the holster. It goes off. Obviously. Yes. The gun discharges. And the FBI agent, Ron Angel, who was also with them, just fucking shoots and kills Paul. Good. Oh, I shot Marvin in the face. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking the exact same thing. I shot Marvin in the face. (laughs) Oh, no. He's he's like, I'm fucking done with your ass, man. He's like, no, no, no. Fuck you. Like, you're not getting away again or killing us both with a fucking cop's gun. Get it. FBI. Yeah. Before he died like the day before or whatever when he was still in custody uh-huh he had claimed that he killed 35 people wow so i wasn't far off with 37 confessions right no you weren't <laughs> but the police were only able to tie him to 20 for sure interesting yeah and that's <gasps> how he died holy shit that's it that Isn't was like a made for movie scenario seriously and i had never heard of it before i hadn't either <laughs> that's crazy he literally was all over the fucking u.s he was all over the fucking u.s skipping fucking murdering, doodah i don't know what i'm murdering to everybody yeah just running around murdering and yeah. shit and i don't know if he was like into older ladies or if it just so happened that like every home that he broke into happened to belong to an older lady maybe but like it it was days apart it doesn't sound like he was casing out these houses no. or anything that's wild yeah so fucking lock your doors people holy shit yeah it's I, insane. Still, I still love that the fbi guy shot fucking paul marvin in the face, in the face. <laughs> I wish his name was Marvin. I shot Marvin in the face. (laughs) God damn. That was an excellent story. Was that one you just found on your own? Yeah. Oh, look at you go, girl. I know. No big deal. It was one of those, like, I was looking into something. I usually start with listener listener recommendations. And Uh I'm like, oh, no, I don't know if there's enough info on this. And then it's like, hey, check this shit out. Like a link to another link and Uh then another link to another Uh link. And then I got deep into it. And I was like, oh, shit. This story's crazy. Yeah. I fucking love it. Yeah. All right, are you ready for my murder story? I'm so fucking ready. Which, speaking of, I'm not 100% sure if it's a listener recommendation or not because I am a mother to a newborn child right now and (laughs) I fucking have no short-term memory. (laughs) That's fair. And it's taken me all week to write this one case when normally it takes like a couple hours in one sitting. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But I haven't had a couple hours since the baby's been born. No, not to yourself. Yeah, and I, I genuinely do not remember where I found this case from, so... If this was a listener recommendation and it came from you, fucking shoot me an email and I will give you credit in the next episode. Yeah. 
and sincerely i apologize i looked everywhere like on our list and everything and i couldn't find it oh no so maybe i went in the deep dark reddit hole or something and came across it it could have been one of those that started with a listener recommendation and then you go into a hole like i did maybe but i really think it was like a direct link to murderpedia that i followed this shit on oh well, I mean, if it did come from a listener, we appreciate you, motherfucker. We do. <laughs> so much so that I don't even remember it came from you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my story is of John Maloney from <gasps> Green Bay, Wisconsin. All right, Green Bay. Yep. So in the 1970s, John Maloney had met Sandra Cater when they were both in high school. All right. They started dating, and after graduation, John proposed to Sandra, and they got married, as people do. Mm-hmm. And the first seven years of their marriage supposedly was, like, perfect, and Sandra was a very attentive wife, but also was always up for, like, a lot of fun. Like, she always had, like, the little parties and shit for everybody and would make sure everybody had a drink and everything to eat, but she would you know get a little wild <laughs> when no one was around and they'd go skinny dipping and shit like that like Aww. she sounded like a nice gal i was gonna say that sounds like a lot of fun yeah sounds like us yeah except for like the like party hostess part uh yeah i don't want to be a, a party hostess i won't make sure that you have a drink but i'll make sure that you know where they are yeah <laughs> <laughs> because, and get me one while you're there <laughs> yeah my hands are gonna be full so. <laughs> with other drinks <laughs> i'm double fisting bitch mm-hmm. Okay, so Sandra worked as a secretary, and John was a Green Bay police detective who specialized in arson. Ooh, okay. The couple had three children, and that is when life begins to get a little rough for the two. Okay. Preach it. (laughs) Fucking right. Sandra was, like, the awesome neighborhood mom. Everybody considered her their mom, and people would come over. Like, people being kids. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That was the house to be at. Yeah, exactly. That was, like, Rice Krispies. We have Nintendo. Yeah, exactly. So in the early 90s, she began to get a little addicted to prescription pain pills. All right. So shit takes a little turn. Yeah. She's a housewife. Fucking treat yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Give me that Prozac. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) On one account, they say that she had woke up one morning with a stiff neck and like no chiropractor could figure out what was wrong with her. So they gave her this medicine to like help for pain. And that's how she got addicted. All right. But another account says like she was seeing a psychiatrist and she was like all fucking depressed because hashtag mom life. And so they gave her antidepressants and she started abusing those. Okay. So I'm not quite sure why, but she started taking fucking pills. Yeah. But somehow they were prescribed to her. So. Yep. Exactly. Over several years, Sandra started to abuse these prescription drugs as well as alcohol together. And she quickly became like someone that was the polar opposite to who she really was, like her personality. Ooh. And she would use her kids as a way to get more medicine. Oh, fuck. Yeah. She would have them go to the doctors and say that they had migraines and then she would take their medicine. Ew. It got so bad to the point that pharmacists wouldn't fill their prescriptions for her. But because it was technically for the kids, they would let the kids come in and take the medicine in front of a pharmacist so that they could have their prescription, right? Yeah. But she had instructed the kids not to swallow the pills. Oh, my God. And so when they went outside... She would have them spit it out, and that's how she would get them. That's fucking awful. That's an addiction. Like, she was really addicted. And you're, like, using the shit out of your kids. I know. How awful. So, anyway, as you can guess, mixing the booze and the pills led to a few automobile accidents. Oh, no. And, obviously, ar- arguments within the marriage. Mm-hmm. John eventually becomes really unhappy in the marriage, and the two separated and file for divorce. All right. Sandra had lost custody of the kids because of her 
prescription drug use. Yeah. And the auto accidents and everything. Like the kids weren't allowed to be in the car with her. She could only see them if there were supervised visits. I mean, she's a drug addict. Yeah. At this point, she couldn't even take care of herself, let alone yeah. kids. So like I feel bad, but at the same time, yeah, you know what you have to do to get your kids back. So exactly. So it was for the safety of them. Yeah. She becomes suicidal and Ooh. family members start to fear that she would harm herself. And so they try to get her to like go into rehab and shit. And I think she had gone a couple times, but nothing ever really stuck. Like she always went back to yeah. the pills and the drinking. She often would miss court hearings for the divorce because of her addiction. And in the latest like court battle or whatever, she was requesting half of John's assets. Shit. Yeah. And she was supposed to be in court on February 11th of 1998. To iron out those details, but Sandra never showed up. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Big uh-oh. Because on the morning of February 11th, Sandra's mom shows up to check on Sandra. And her weight had, like, fallen to 97 pounds or something ridiculous. Shit. And so her mom had, like, often said she wouldn't be surprised if she drank herself to death. Yeah. So it was really common for her to go do, like, welfare checks on her. Yeah. So she goes to Sandra's house, and when she gets there, she noticed that the storm door had been tied to the door of the house from the inside. Weird. Super weird. But this had happened before on previous occasions when Sandra wanted some, quote-unquote, privacy. So her mom just, like, cut the string and walked in. Okay. So kind of weird that you wouldn't just lock the door. But maybe yeah. because she had people checking in on her all the time. Yeah, they might have had keys or whatever. Yeah, so she's like, you know what? I don't want anybody coming in. So she tied the door. That's really fucking weird, though. Like, that's a weird thing to do. Yeah. I think I would, I don't know, like, put a chair in front of the door before I did that. Or, I don't know, something. Yeah, it is really weird. Like, I don't think I would think of tying it together. But you're also, like, drunk and high on drugs, so. True. You get creative. Yeah. Yeah. That's where Sitting your creativity there by comes from. <laughs> yeah. It's only going to get weirder, by the way. Yeah. When her mom walks in, she notices that the house is like super dark and all the curtains are drawn. And she calls out for Sandra, but she never gets a response. Okay. And in the living room, she finds that the sofa was like a total charred mess. Ooh. It was evident that it had caught on fire and there were partially burned like cigarettes and shit laying all around the couch. Isn't her ex-husband a fucking arson detective? Exactly. Okay. I think you're onto something. Does this, oh my God. Okay, so did he stage it to look like it was a total accident, but actually he did it? I oh. love how you're coming up with these theories like I'm going to tell you what it is because you got to wait. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I would um, just like it to be known that fucking called it. <laughs> or did she? Maybe. We'll find out. <laughs> I'll find out with you guys. Yes. Let's do this journey together. Yeah. So the couch is fucking burnt to a crisp, right? Yeah. So her mom, Sandra's mom, checks the bedrooms and the basement and she doesn't find Sandra anywhere. Just a burnt couch. Just a burnt couch. Nothing else is burnt. Nothing else is burnt, just the couch. Weird. Okay. So she walks back into the living room to look at the couch again because she's like, okay, where the fuck is Sandra and what the actual fuck is going on here, right? And why did they have a bonfire in the middle of their room? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck, man? This You can't just have like a couch fire party in your house. Yeah. Gotta take that shit out to the desert. Exactly. <laughs> so also, she, how did it not catch anything else on fire? Oh, I'll tell ya. Oh my God. So she goes to look at the couch again and that's when she realizes that Sandra's charred remains were practically melted into the couch. Ooh 
fuck that. Yeah, they were so badly burned that she hadn't noticed them when she first walked through. Oh my god. I don't know who's not examining the couch on the first walkthrough. I know. Because I think I'd probably stop there and be like, the fuck is that? (laughs) (laughs) This isn't like the rest of the house. Yeah. This isn't how I left it. This is a very unusual addition. (laughs) (laughs) Agree. I agree. Check it out. But supposedly she was so badly burned that it took like, some staring to realize that there was a body there god damn oh and as a mom that's your kid that's fucked up yep so in the same room a window was slightly cracked open allowing for some ventilation but not enough to supply oxygen to fuel the fire so it had put itself out okay did you know that could happen in a house i mean i figured there was enough oxygen in a house generally just to catch it on fire right yeah like that it would it would continue yeah i guess i never really thought about like an oxygen source so if you have your whole house closed off can you not have a fucking fire in your house i guess it depends like if it burns a hole in the wall yeah in green bay they probably have like very well sealed windows and doors and shit because it gets cold here in california fuck man like the draft from underneath my front door is enough to fuel an entire goddamn house fire right (laughs) i guess i just never considered that as like a necessary thing i know that fires need oxygen yeah I, i didn't realize that it was like it could burn itself out yeah that's crazy isn't that <gasps> but how mm, okay mm-hmm. how did it burn mm-hmm. the whole couch without putting itself out first mm. was there some accelerant found on it i'm gonna tell you what's found on it the fire investigators they come to the scene and they determined that the fire had been accidental okay and it was probably started by careless smoking habits mm-hmm. she uh, smoked i'm assuming yes she smoked okay. she was a heavy smoker there were cigarettes all around the couch and shit yeah the fire had originated in sandra's lap and all over the house there was evidence of hazardous smoking habits like partially burned cigarettes that were sitting on phone books oh geez and on the countertops and on flammable items like the fucking couch or an armchair and shit okay even when an ashtray was close by did they test these other like half burned cigarettes that are on phone books that would very clearly start a fucking fire for well, DNA, like her DNA, or oh, was someone no, like no. leaving half burned cigarettes around? No, I'm telling you this story because it was like shoddy fucking investigation work. All right. So, I mean, they did test it, they didn't say, but they're not suspecting that it's anybody else's cigarettes. They're like, Sandra would smoke these cigarettes and like not off from being so drunk or so high on the pills, or she would just set them down and they would extinguish themselves and never caught on fire. Yeah. But they're thinking this time she nods off. And, and catches, catches herself on fire. on fire. Yeah. I just, maybe I'm cynical from having read too many fucking murder stories. Uh-huh. But I'm like, well, obviously, you have to always suspect foul play. Yes, obviously. Especially if her husband is a fucking arson detective. Exactly. So, they also find in the house five crumbled up suicide notes in the kitchen trash can. Okay. And downstairs in the basement, they found an electrical cord that was flung over some conduit in the ceiling. Because it was like not a finished basement downstairs. Yeah. And one end of it was tied in a crude noose. Ooh. On the coffee table next to the noose, there were two VCRs that were stacked on top of each other, like a mini stool. Oh, okay. Yep. They also found a clock by the couch had stopped at 7.53 p.m. because the fire had basically melted the mechanisms or slit gut in the mechanisms or some shit to make the clock stop. Okay, but she was found, like, in the house, not in the basement? 
Exactly. She was found in the house. This clock was by the couch fire. I'm sorry. I jumped from the basement back up to the house now. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's what they found in the basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then they also found a clock that pinpointed her time of death around 7.30. 7.53 is when the clock stopped. P.M.? P.M. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. And this is in the morning when they found her. So they're assuming that she died on February 10th, not February 11th. Yeah. So now they're thinking that she had a plan to kill herself before she accidentally, quote unquote, killed herself. Exactly. Like it kind of looks like there was like a suicide plan and then she caught on fire, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So investigators use luminol and they found that there had been blood on the coffee table. Uh Uh-oh. Back down in the basement. (laughs) Oh, okay. Sorry. I did not write these notes in chronological order. (laughs) That's all right. Use a couple sources. They're jumping around. They're jumping around. So they use luminol. I'm sure they use luminol all throughout the house, but in the basement is where they found there had been a lot of blood on the coffee table and on the floor and in the laundry room and in the bathroom. Ooh, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. They found bloody rags in the trash and one of Sandra's shirts was in the laundry hamper and it had blood all over it. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. On the basement shower door, there was some more blood found and a fingerprint in that blood and that fingerprint belonged to Sandra's best friend, Jody. What? Shit's getting weird, right? Uh, yeah. So an autopsy was done on Sandra and it found that her lungs didn't have a fatal level of carbon monoxide in them. Which you would expect from a fire victim, right? Yeah, that means that she was dead before the fire. Yeah, it was as though she had only taken a few breaths before she died. Like a few (gasps) breaths of the smoke before she died. By the way, if your fingerprint is ever found at my murder, quote unquote, suicide scene, I'm going to be so mad. That would suck. Yeah, I'm going to be mad because I'm going to be like, uh, hold up. <laughs> hold up. I didn't do this shit. <laughs> so I would never. I need her. <laughs> yeah. I'm very upset at this best friend right now. Yeah, exactly. That's it's not a good best friend. Kind of weird, right? Jody, you're kind of being a bitch right now. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Jody. <laughs> okay, so like I said, it shows that she was alive for some of the fire, mm-hmm. but it's not ultimately what killed her. Yeah. They also find in her autopsy that she had suffered a blow to the head. Yeah, okay. Her blood alcohol level... When the autopsy was done, was 0.25. Ooh, Jesus. But another more advanced test was done to determine that a few hours before her death, because this was obviously her blood alcohol level at the time of death, like when they did the autopsy. Yeah. But they have some more fancy fucking tests that they can do. And they found that before her death, her blood alcohol level was 0.36. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Lady was fucking drunk. <laughs> do you drink that much by 7 p.m well almost eight listen it was five (laughs) o'clock yeah at one point (laughs) god damn i would die you probably would she died (laughs) i mean i guess but she was like 97 pounds she had some help dying isn't that crazy you're a tiny person that's insane oh my god okay okay they also found that there was bruising around her neck that the examiner had determined was more indicative of manual strangulation rather than a ligature around her neck. Okay. I have a hard time with this little fun fact because wasn't her body so fucking charred that her mom didn't even notice it was on the bed or on the on the couch? Yeah, like so, how do you have flesh to determine yeah, that she was strangled? Like what kind of bruising there was if it was with a ligature or with hands? I know that there's a bone, your hyoid bone is yeah. in your throat and like if that breaks then you are probably strangled. Maybe there's like a certain way that it breaks or does whatever v- for manual versus maybe not. Slight note, 
that the medical examiner was like a fill-in medical examiner. Oh. Like the real examiner. That's so fucked up. It's like a substitute medical examiner. The real one was on vacation. He was second string. Yeah. But the real one came back and was like, I agree with all his findings. I concur. Put a stamp on it because I just got back from vacation and I have a lot of emails. Yeah. And I am just going to let this one go. (laughs) Yeah. Because of this finding, because they said that it was manual strangulation, the examiner labeled Sandra's death as a probable homicide. All right. So obviously now the detectives are looking at this case as a homicide and they're like, we got to find a prime suspect. Who do you think that prime suspect was? Who knows all about fire? Fucking John. All right. Enter John, the husband, the ex-husband. Why don't you sit down right over here, John? Have a seat. (laughs) Do you want a cookie? (laughs) Have a cookie. I just have to finish the laundry. You can leave at any time. (laughs) (laughs) So John obviously was a suspect because they were going through a nasty divorce and Sandra had just asked for half of his fucking money. So they're like, you're looking pretty shady, John. Also, though, John, you have fucking full custody of the kids. Like, what makes you think that she's going to actually win in this battle? But all right. Yes, exactly. Like, I get it, but it's it's not valid. Yes, agreed. So John's account for February 10th, the day that Sandra died, Mm -hmm. was that he was moving into his new townhouse, which was two miles away from Sandra's house. And he was moving in with his girlfriend, Tracy Helenbrand. And they were moving there so that the boys could stay in their familiar school district. Okay. Because he had moved out of Sandra's house. That's where all the kids lived and everything, too. Yeah. He got full custody, so now he's taking the kids back to their familiar stomping grounds, right? Makes sense. That night, he says, one of the boys had gotten a ride to batting practice with his aunt, and John's girlfriend, Tracy, got home from work late. And when she got home, she ate dinner, and while she was eating dinner, John was helping the two other boys build their bunk beds in their new room. Okay. And when he was done, John and Tracy had a cigarette. They, like, shared a cigarette out on the porch or whatever. And then John left to pick up the son from batting practice, and Tracy stayed home and took a nap before they were going to go do some more, like, moving-related errands and shit, right? All right. So she confirms all of this account and everything. She's, like, the perfect alibi for him and says that John was with her the whole night except for when he left to go pick up his son from practice, right? Yeah. So Tracy, his girlfriend, Mm -hmm. was an investigator for the IRS, and she was 12 years younger than John. Ooh, all right. When the pair had first met, Tracy acted kind of paranoid, often not wanting to meet John's friends and giving false names when she did meet them. What the fuck? Isn't this weird? Super weird. So she was the type to answer the door with a gun, and (laughs) like if somebody stopped by without like calling first exactly like unannounced and shit yeah did she have like a go away welcome mat (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh god so john's sister claims that tracy began to act suspicious after sandra's death okay Mm -hmm. you know who else might know a lot about arson stuff is an arson investigator's girlfriend this is true all right so the morning that sandra died tracy was having coffee with john's sister I'm sorry, the morning after Sandra died. Okay. They're having coffee together, right? Yeah. And they find out that Sandra had died, and supposedly Tracy made a comment, something to the effect of, oh my God, what if they find my hair there? Uh, why would your hair be there, Tracy? Exactly. That's exactly what John's sister said. He was, She was like, uh, why would your hair be there? You've never stepped foot in the house or anything. Yeah. I don't know what Tracy's response was, but that's fucking suspicious, right? Yeah. 
Tracy even hired an attorney before John did. What the fuck? And she kept changing her story about what had happened that night. Uh-huh. That Sandra died. First she said that she took a nap, and then she said she took two naps when the first nap didn't line up with the timeline for when Sandra died. Oh. Because she began to then say... That she thought John was the one who murdered Sandra. Ooh, so she's turning on him. She's fucking turning. Okay. Bitches stirring the pot. All right, all right. I mean, an innocent person might be like, whoa, it was neither of us. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. (laughs) A guilty person might be like, maybe this other guy. Uh, It was not me. (laughs) Yeah, certainly not me, though. I hope you're not thinking it was me. Oh, you weren't thinking it's me? Good, because it'd be really bad if you were thinking it was me. (laughs) But maybe it was this other guy. (laughs) Exactly. So also, just a side note, she took and failed a polygraph test and had been caught with a cheat sheet on how to fucking full a lie detector test. Did she have it printed out and put in her pocket? She must have and obviously didn't read it because it didn't work because she failed the fucking polygraph test. Well, she meant to read it in the car, but then she was running late. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of shit going on. Ran out of ink in the printer. Yeah. (laughs) I had to print it out in blue. (laughs) Printers never work when they know you're on a deadline. (laughs) (laughs) They never do. Seriously, though, how'd you have it on her? That's fucking weird. I know. Stupid, right? Like, was it on her hand? She's like looking She's just like waving it around like, I'm here for the polygraph test. <laughs> Step one, don't lie. Step one, don't wave this paper around. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. So anyways, so Tracy's like, fucking John did it. And here's how he did it. He did it when I was napping. And he probably left and like went and fucking killed her because I couldn't have like accounted for his whereabouts, right? Yeah. And that's why she changed her story. To having two naps because the first nap she had said was like at, I don't remember what time, but yeah. So her first nap was like probably earlier or some shit. And then the cops were like, well, damn, it doesn't fit our timeline. And she was like, well, hold up. Well, but maybe. I was tired that day. Maybe it was my second nap. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was my second nap. My nap nap. Yeah. It was during second breakfast. (laughs) Exactly. And the cops were like, oh, a second nap, you say? Because they were really helping on John did this shit, right? Oh my god. So she also said that when John came home that night from picking up his son from batting practice, he was super shaky uh-huh. and he was, quote, moving in slow motion. What the fuck does that mean? Like, hello, honey. <laughs> Who said this? Tracy said this? Yeah, Tracy said this about John when he came home. He was moving in slow motion? Yeah, and he was like super shaky. Like some shit had just gone down in his life. Maybe she had so much adrenaline that she was moving, like, so fast that she felt like he was in slow motion. (laughs) She had all the adrenaline from killing Sandra. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Maybe. Fucking Tracy. What are you talking about? Who would be able to see that in someone else? Here. Even if you feel like you're moving in slow motion, you're moving normal. I'm about to tell you something even better. That's a very valid point. But she also says that when he came home, he smelled like a burned dead body. Oh. (laughs) I'm familiar. Go on. You don't even need to explain that. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, I'm going to need you to have to tell me how you know what a dead burning body smells like. Maybe she used to live by a crematorium. Maybe. I've heard, honestly, that it smells delicious. Really? Yeah. It probably smells like fucking bacon. Yeah. it's. I think it smells like burning meat, but Yeah. That's gross. gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Super gross. So investigators are eating this theory up, right? They wanted to close this case, and the ex-husband is a convenient fucking suspect and also he knows a lot about fucking arson so they're like yeah hey john you're fucked 
Yeah, but also you have this lady who's like literally just pinpointing him in every way that she possibly can and changing her story to pinpoint him. Exactly. But guess what? Investigators are like, hey, Trace. Thanks for all the info. You're a really good help. You're a great asset to this team. God damn it. We need you to take one more hit for the team. And she's like, what's that, investigators? And they're like, we need you to wear a wire. Okay. And to get John's confession. Uh Uh-huh. And Tracy was like, check this shit out. I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to get this shit on videotape. So evidently (laughs) Tracy lived in Vegas at one point in time. And so she's like, there's too much fucking hoopla going on around here with this murder. And I need to get out of town. I need a break from all of the questioning and all this other shit. I just have to go to Vegas. I'm going to go to Vegas. And hey, John, it'd be really awesome if you came with me. Yeah, because John doesn't know that Tracy's like, mm, John's looking a little suspicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't know that she's like turning on him or yeah, whatever. Yeah, she's a fucking mole. We yeah. got a mole. <laughs> <laughs> so Tracy the mole goes to Vegas and she invites John and she's like, let's just fucking hook up in this random Vegas room. And he's like, all right, Hotel room great. sex. Yeah, they're going to have hotel room sex. But instead, she sets up a camera and fucking taps the room and starts pressing and pushing John to confess that he had murdered Sandra. Yeah, which she knows to not be true. Yes. Okay. Well, or does she? Or does she? We don't know. Listen, I'm You and really, I are like, fuck you, Tracy. I'm really good at this. <laughs> but we don't really know. We're just jumping wildly to conclusions, That's which we do. That's the point. Yes. <laughs> Of this whole podcast. Yeah. Okay. Listen, I was all against the boyfriend <laughs> slash ex-husband in the beginning. And yeah. then you tell me one bad thing about a girlfriend and I'm going to jump all over her. Yeah. <laughs> so, fuck you, bitch. Yeah. You're just trying to frame him. Yeah. Yeah. If now you were like, and then the dog was kind of a piece of shit too. I'd be like, the dog smokes. <laughs> exactly. So this is going to be a wild ride for you. Uh, all right. <laughs> okay. So. I'm buckled in. <laughs> okay. So they go. To this Vegas room. And there are fucking 18 hours of videotape. Oh my God. Of the two of them arguing about Sandra's death. Uh Uh-huh. And Tracy's like, just fucking admit it. And John's like, I didn't do it, bitch. I don't know if he called her a bitch. I would at that point after 18 hours. Yes. I cannot imagine surviving an 18-hour argument. And also, who didn't fucking shut that shit down at some point? Like, you're driving me nuts. I need a fucking break. Yeah, like a solid hour. And I'd be like, bitch, I'm going to the tables. Like, I have a headache. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go hit up those fucking slot machines. Why are we just in a fucking hotel room? Ugh, we're in Vegas. You're killing my vibe. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going on, right? They're arguing. Also, they pump those hotels full of oxygen so they could argue longer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're wide awake. Ain't never going to sleep. Yeah. So their arguing gets more intense. And at one point, John kind of like charges at Tracy with like muscles tense, kind of like fucking gives her one of those like chest thrusts, like, fuck you, right? Come at me, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Get me. Yeah. And then he stops and doesn't like actually hit her or touch her or anything. Yeah. And then halfway through... He admits in the argument that he was at Sandra's that night. (gasps) So here's how he admits that. Okay. Tracy asks him, like, I'm paraphrasing here. None of this shit is a quote. Yeah. Tracy asks him, why didn't you call 911? I don't know the context or anything because this is where, like, the whole fucking conversation started on Murderpedia. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, something along the lines of, why would I call 911? And she's like, because you didn't want your fingerprints on the phone? And and she's like, 
did you go there with the intent to kill her? And he's like, no, (laughs) I went there to get done with the divorce. Like I went there to get the divorce over with. Yeah. So investigators are like, fucking bag it up. We got what we need. He admits to being there that night. Oh my God. But he's never like, yes, I was there that night and shot and killed or choked her or whatever. He's just like, fucking, I went there to get done with a divorce. Or maybe it was more in the context of if I had gone there, it was to get done with the divorce. Yeah. If I had done it, this is how I would have did it. Exactly. But I think I remember John's account of this shit being like, we weren't even talking about that night. We were talking about other nights and shit. Like the whole tape has so much conversation. I wasn't admitting to being there the night that she died. Yeah. Also. So who are you going to believe? If your girlfriend or whatever is like fucking badgering you for something, you might just give them like literally nothing to be like, yeah, I was there, but I didn't do anything. Just uh, to get them off your back. Get, that is an not excellent a point and remember it. All right. I will. Noted. Aaron, you're a genius. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. You're starting to talk to yourself. <laughs> She's getting weird. Okay. So investigators are like, woohoo, got a confession that he was like at the house and shit, right? So yeah. he fucking killed her. So, John, we're going to trial with all of our fucking videotape evidence. All right. Okay. So they go to trial. John's defense was that John couldn't have killed her because of the timeline and his alibis and all the shit, right? Like, Mm -hmm. he was only out of the house during this one period of time. It doesn't even line up with your murder. So go fuck yourself. Plus, he was an experienced arson investigator, so he would have known to leave the windows open more to actually catch everything on fire. Like, they're, they're saying, like... This is an amateur fucking fire. Yeah. You amateur need, hour over here. Yeah. You need fucking proper ventilation. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not that dumb. Yeah. I know how to fucking do this shit. Also, supposedly, the people who like investigated the fire shit, they had found like twisted up tissue paper in the couch cushions and shit. Mm. And they found a quote unquote accelerant that mm-hmm. started the fire or like helped spread the fire. Yeah. So when you say this to a jury, it sounds like, oh, my God, someone splashed gasoline on it and put fucking tissues everywhere to, like, help catch it on fire, right? Yeah. But that wasn't actually the case. They were calling these twisted up tissues accelerant. Like, they were miscalling them shit. Like, twisted up tissues aren't accelerants. Those are, like, kindling. Fucking, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they kind of misled the jury as to what really happened. Uh Uh-oh. There was also an article that mentioned something about, like, possibly vodka being splashed on the ground to, like, catch it on fire. Yeah, but she was also drinking Yeah, so you could have spilled that. I don't know. But also, if you're an arson specialist, you're not going to use twisted up tissues to start a fire. I mean, you might be like, those will disintegrate. Like, I don't know how well those, like, disappear after. Well, you would make sure they all caught on fire then. Fair. You probably also would have left the windows open, apparently. Have, yeah, to, like, catch shit on fucking fire. Yeah. Also, I'm imagining, like, a drunk, drugged-out person has a lot of fucking twisted tissue. A mom has a lot of twisted tissue hidden in couch cushions all over your pockets in your house. Like, moms Fair. have tissues. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how these tissues were placed, though. I don't know if it was, like, a fucking direct line, like a fuse, like, <laughs> leading to the door, and they lit it and ran out. yeah. <laughs> But anyway, they're claiming John's defense is like, this is not a very sophisticated fire if these are your claims. He knows how to make it look fucking better, like burn shit real. You yeah. know what I'm trying to say here? Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he does fire good. He, he fires good. He might murder bad. But yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but it wasn't him, right? But he certainly fires good. Yeah. 
Yeah, if anything, he does good, it's fire. Yeah. And so John's attorney was like, the approach we're going to take here for your defense is to convince the jury that the real murderer is Tracy. Fucking good. Okay. All right. So he's like, yo, Tracy got home from work late that day and had plenty of time to kill Sandra. That lines up with the timeline. Yeah. She was motivated because Sandra was trying to take half of her boyfriend's money. Yeah, and that could be her money if they get married. Exactly. And she was acting suspicious, like changing her story and worried about if her hair was at the fucking scene of the crime. Yeah. And she also had allegedly asked John if they were going to find her earring in Sandra's house. That was on the videotape. Like, what, John? Are they going to find my earring at her house? Because <gasps> she lost it and she's exactly. like trying to blame it on him. Fucking plant that shit into the story. Who like, loses a fucking earring? I don't know. I mean, it was like the... 90s so it's like dangly <laughs> like the backs of them were worse i don't know but we also have plugs so yeah that shit is screwed on <laughs> okay so john's defense is like that's really suspicious that you're asking about this earring that we're probably gonna find at the scene if we comb it right exactly like why are you why are you saying that shit yeah and then also she was like found trying to cheat a polygraph test suspicious as fuck yeah exactly so it had to be fucking tracy right yeah in my opinion expert opinion yeah and exactly so his defense was like you're trying to remove suspicion from yourself and that's why you're trying to frame john exactly what you and i were saying earlier yeah okay also during the first day of trial it should be noted that tracy was dressed really nice and everything had on like her fucking pearls and lipstick and shit Mm -hmm. but then the next day she showed up a hot mess with her clothes all wrinkly and bags under her eyes Uh Uh-oh. And they never explained to the jury or the court or whatever why, because I don't know how you would, but the reason was because in the middle of the fucking night, she tried to skip town. (laughs) Like, they had a goddamn bolo out for her for a couple hours and, like, had to get her. That's suspicious as fuck. Right? But this never entered the trial, the case. Like, no one ever heard that this is what happened. Okay. I don't know, man. She's pretty fucking shady. Yeah. I agree. real sus. I agree. I think this whole case is really weird. There is some fuckery afoot. Yeah, that shit is afoot as fuck. <laughs> so, despite his defense, the jury finds John guilty of Sandra's murder and was and he was given life in prison oh with my his God. first chance of parole being in 2024. <gasps> the most damning evidence to his defense was that video quote-unquote confession where he claims he was there where he didn't confess to anything yeah and john claims that he was just saying what tracy wanted to hear to end the fucking conversation because he was so sick of talking about it yeah sounds like something i would do yeah and he said that he used to do that all the time with sandra too because she would get like so drunk and high that she wasn't making any sense and they would argue so she would just say what he wanted to hear to end it so it was like a tactic he used yeah instantly like two months after the verdict was fucking passed one of those groups that like helped the wrongly convicted people came forward to take on john's case the innocence project yeah something like that but it's like the virginia innocence project (laughs) all right i don't know i'll tell you guys later when i come across it in my notes (laughs) okay so this innocence project people they start to look at the case and they start looking at john's defense attorney to be like there was ineffective counsel right yeah and his attorney was like well the death was ruled a homicide so to argue anything different would be malpractice so i had to argue that tracy was the one like let me remove suspicion from john and put like a seed of doubt that maybe tracy could have done it and then you can't convict him right because there's reasonable doubt yeah 
but you're dealing with a jury of your fucking peers. So you can't just like hope that they'll come to that conclusion. You got to fucking hand that shit to them on a silver platter. Yeah, you have to be like, look, it's her earring, exhibit A. Yeah, look, it's her holding the knife, stabbing her. Look, even though she wasn't stabbed. (laughs) It's her hair, exhibit B. Yeah, and look, she was so worried about all of that. Yeah, see how suspicious she's being? Yeah, but he didn't do any of that in the trial. And interestingly enough, as it turns out, his whole trial... That whole basement scene where, like, there was a fucking noose hanging from the ceiling and all the shit. Yeah. That was left out because it was said to not be relevant to the case. Seems pretty fucking relevant to me. It seems pretty fucking relevant to me as well. I mean... Because if you look at the whole scene... Yeah. You can see a different scenario that doesn't involve homicide. Okay. You're about to jump on another bandwagon. Okay. Okay? Okay, lay it on me. Okay, here we go. So, Sandra was distraught, right? She had just lost her kids. Yeah. And she was going through a divorce, and it was about to be finalized. She was about to lose everything. And she was drinking vodka heavily, and she was abusing medicine. And she was like 0.35 fucking alcohol level. And <laughs> she was drunk as fuck. Yeah. And so, she's writing these multiple suicide notes, all to the effect that go along, like, This is a quote of one of them that they found, but they were all very similar. And it says, Dear John, I hate you, but I really loved you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Take care of the kids. Love you, Sandy. When were these written? That's the thing is no one can prove when anything was written, but they were found in her trash kitchen when she died. So I would assume around the same time. Oh, But there was no like fucking forensic evidence run to see when it was written. But like within a week because you take out your trash. I would hope. (laughs) My gosh. But she had been strangled. Well, okay, great point. Because then the theory is that she goes to her basement and she makes a noose out of the electrical cord, stacks the VCRs on the coffee table to stand on them to hang herself. Yeah. But when she goes to put the noose around her neck and like jump off, it wasn't strong enough. So she crashes to the floor, hitting her head on the coffee table, causing all of this blood. And the head wound. And the head wound and also the neck bruising. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm with you so far. So then we have to explain why the bestie's fingerprint is found in the blood, right? Yes. So her bestie comes over to check on her who had a key to the side door so she doesn't cut the string. She might open the door and be like, ah, fuck, she tied the door again, right? Yeah. So she has a key to the house and so she uses that to get in. Finds her best friend laying on the floor bleeding everywhere with a fucking head wound and a noose around her neck. Calls the cops and takes her to the ER. And instead of doing that, helps her clean up. (laughs) And, you know, like, change her shirt, wipe the blood off and everything. So that's why her fingerprint is found in the shower. Gets her all situated on the couch. Yep. Gets her all nice and cozy on the couch, puts a blanket on her, and leaves her to rest. Okay. Take a little snooze. Maybe not the best thing to do after you have some head trauma. No, probably not. But I'm following this. I could agree with this if I was a jury. So that's the theory. Yeah, you can't rule it out, right? Yeah. I have reasonable doubt. Yes, exactly. So, Sandra's blood alcohol level was high enough to induce a lethal coma that she could have fell into while she was smoking the cigarette and, like, kind of nodding off. Mm -hmm. And as the fire came to life, her breathing shallowed because of this alcohol-induced coma, and she died from a combination of alcohol poisoning and carbon monoxide poisoning. Okay. So that would be how she died, right? Okay. So it's kind of a coincidence that the fire happened at the same time? Exactly. And remember that whole... 
spontaneous combustion thing where like the wicking effect and everything happened do i ever yeah so that thing no articles mentioned it but i'm thinking maybe that's how the fire maybe smoldered so low and everything and then eventually burned out because there was not enough oxygen to feed it it wasn't like a raging fire that died instantly okay it like kind of smoldered and she like melted into the couch one account did explain that she was basically burned and melted into the couch okay gross but so it could happen we've seen it before Uh uh-huh Oh, okay, so that group's name was Truth and Justice. That is the name of the group. All right. So they come along, and they work with eight arson investigators, and eight of those investigators found this fire to be accidental. So <gasps> Eight out of eight arson investigators agree? Yes, they do, except for it was eight out of nine because the first people were like, fuck that, this was fucking... Oh, yeah. Also, I think there's so many moving parts to the story and they were all happening at the same time. It's easier for us to look back and be like, oh my God, look at this beautiful fucking dance of a disaster, dumpster fire fucking shithole yeah. that just happened. Yeah, well, you had me blaming literally three different people throughout this whole thing. <laughs> I had me blaming three different people. Oh, and one of the people is Sandra. So. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. And the best friend. So four different people I was upset about. <laughs> I agree. It's a shit show. And I ultimately still fucking feel like it was a suicide. Not an intentional suicide. I'm sorry. I feel like it was an accidental death. Yeah. And all that story is close fucking enough. But prosecutors claim that that basement scene was irrelevant because when they did the luminal tests and everything and they found all that blood and shit, Mm -hmm. they can't determine when the blood was present or when the bestie's fingerprint was left Like, was it done on the day of her death or was it another day? And the bestie was never questioned and she, like, according to all the articles, has refused to be interviewed. Oh, my God. And so... If I was the bestie, I'd be getting my fucking story out there. I know, but what if you're the bestie and you're like, I am not touching this shit with a 10-foot fucking pole. Yeah. Because my fingerprint is at a crime scene and no one fucking questioned me and somebody else is there, so I'm done. Yeah, I don't want to be blamed for it. And what if it's like your bestie and her ex-husband is the one who is being like held at fault you're gonna instantly be like fuck you dude that's yeah. my bestie that's true and yeah. i did leave her there but she wasn't on fire or something you know yeah <laughs> like i don't know okay so did these people get him off so john maloney is still in prison and he continues to fight for his innocence what yeah fucking twist you had me going at the end there. I was like, all right, cool. Somebody's on it. They took care of it. But He's no longer in prison. Nah, he in prison still. God damn. They're still like gathering all the shit. <gasps> this poor guy. That fucking sucks, right? That super sucks. Unless he did it. <laughs> Unless he did it. I don't think he did though. What if Tracy didn't do it though? Why was she being so fucking weird about it? I don't know. Like, that's weird. Everything she did was really weird. But she was a paranoid person. Like, she didn't even give people her real fucking name when she met them. That's right. So maybe she was like, oh my god, I could be tied to this. I need this guy to be the one who did it. Yeah. Are they gonna find my hair there? Yeah. I don't know fucking why would they? Or maybe she really did believe that he did it and she was like, fuck you. Like, turning on him, you know? Like, yeah. Did you plant my hair there or did my hair fall off of you when you were there? And did you put my fucking earring there? You would, wouldn't you? You know? Jesus. I don't know. Fucking bullet dodge, though. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Don't stick around with that bitch. Yeah. Oh, my God. I probably shouldn't call her a bitch. Eh. Maybe we can. 
seem pretty bitchy trying to like pass a polygraph test yeah it's pretty fucked up oh man both of our stories though fucking wild ass doozies huh yeah these are really good ones i know we did we fucking pulled through so if somebody suggested that thanks yeah those are really good one whoever might have suggested that yeah Uh, also, I think we have a goddamn this week. Do we? It's a video. Oh, really? Yeah, it's from a listener by the name of Christian. Oh, all right. And I would just like to state that the video is open right now, and I'm about to click play, and I haven't watched it yet, but right away, it's fucking amazing. He's holding, like, a fancy glass of champagne. Oh, my God, I love him. It could, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's champagne. Or it could be wine, but it's in, like, a, I don't know what fucking kind of glass that is. Okay, I'm gonna ready? I'm going to have to look at it in a second. I hope it's a goddamn goblet. It's. <laughs> like a cross between a fancy champagne glass and a goblet all right it's like a long champagne glass <laughs> okay here we go i said god damn no that's not the same you gotta say it like you said before I said. with conviction do it <laughs> i said god damn <laughs> one more time he's so mad i said god damn perfect <laughs> oh my god i love holy it holy shit you need to watch this video yeah i do his expression fucking oh. perfect do you think that's christian there were a lot of people in the video. He's so classy. <laughs> he like pounded the drink too halfway through it. I love him oh and his V-neck. God. <laughs> Killing it. Wonder where that's from. Yeah. That's One of them had an accent and I'm awful at guessing where they're from. I know. It sounded like Australian or something. Yeah. Gotta say it like you said it before. <laughs> also, that's three people. This, there's at least three people in that video, two dudes and a chick, and they're all fucking either talking about us or listening to us, but That's that is amazing, amazing to me. I love it. Yeah. Is Christian also a girl's name? Probably. So it could be a girl sending it. Listen, I will accept Jason as a girl's name. So <laughs> it could be fucking anything. I like how we feel more validated if a guy listens, though. We're like, oh my god. Well, it's because it's weird. Yeah. To like me. You, you think I'm we're like, funny? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, you guys are fucking awesome. Please keep sending those. I love them. Hell yes. Okay, so we have some Patreon shout outs to do. Shout out to our Patreons, Lisa, Victor, Stephanie, Ashley, and Lauren. What's up, babies? You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for being Patreon listeners. Hell yeah. And if you're not a Patreon listener, get on that shit. Yeah, this episode brought to you by those five. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But it's as little as a dollar and you get an extra case a month. And so what else is there to fucking lose? You know what I mean? Yeah. If you like hearing this, maybe hear it more. Yeah. One more time. Exactly. Yeah. So thank you guys. If you want a link to our Patreon site, go to our website, isgdpodcast.com. And we have a link there along with pictures from our cases. Yep. And also you can get our merchandise there. Yeah. Also, if you have case suggestions, you can email us at isgdpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You just want to be like, what's up, babies? This shit's fun. That's true. We'll reply to that shit, too. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Or you can tweet at us, Facebook us, or Instagram us at isgdpodcast. Or we have a relatively new Facebook group called the Goddamn Pod Group. Yeah, come join that shit. Yeah, get on that and send us funny memes and shit because that brightens my whole life up. (laughs) I know, I love that group. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Every time I have a notification from Facebook, I'm like, can it be? And then when it's not, I'm like, oh man. 
Yeah. I was like literally scrolling through Facebook and I'm like, wow, my friends are really stepping up their game with these like <laughs> funny memes or whatever, like just fun shit. And I'm like, oh, it's all the podcast group. Like, oh. I like these people. <laughs> these are my friends who don't know they're my friends. Exactly. <laughs> also, subscribe, rate, review. Yep. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Maybe not if she's easily offended. No, probably not. Yeah. Also, you can send us mail at P.O. Box 2764, Spring Valley, California, 91979. Uh, shout out to fucking our latest fucking letter. Yeah. Speaking of which, we got the fucking best letter in the world. It seriously made me so happy. It brightened up my whole day. I wasn't even having a bad day, but I read it and I was like, that's the best thing I've ever heard. It made me laugh literally out loud like, Five times. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that was from our listener, Faith Van Blericom. Thanks, Faith. Y'all number one. I said that right. Yeah, you did. She fucking spelled it out. A lot of people spell it out for us because they're like, you can't say this. "Ah, They have, we have so much trouble (laughs) with names and they're like, they're dumb. I'll just, even when you spell it out, we're like, I don't get it. (laughs) Give it to me phonetically. I appreciate that. (laughs) But also, you're a goddamn champ, and I will also pen pal you back. Yeah. get ready for that. She's going to use some fancy gel pens. Uh, girl, you know I am. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Until next week, keep being awesome and not murdering shit and, you know. Don't murder anything. Don't fuck dead things. Also, don't do that. (laughs) Hard pass. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. And if you're all caught up on our podcast, stay tuned for a promo from Morbidology. Morbidology is a weekly true crime podcast hosted by me, Emily G. Thompson, author of Unsolved Child Murders and co-author of Unsolved Murders, True Crime Cases Uncovered. 911 emergency. My son shot my husband. I need an ambulance. He's bleeding. Using audio from 911 calls, interrogations, trial testimony and interviews, Morbidology takes a look at some of the most mysterious and disturbing crimes from all across the world. Do you know why you're here? For a uh, home invasion gone terribly wrong. From shocking murders to missing children, we focus on a variety of cases and put you, the listener, right into the middle of the investigation. Listen to Morbidology now on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, Podbean and wherever else you get your podcasts.